Right, Christmas. All right. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's regionally rough. All right. So, hi everyone. It's been a while. I'm your host Jiggy with my co-host Aswani, aka Dr. Umar Johnson, and we have a special <laughs> guest today. A friend from high school, a very dear friend. We have Nala. Not gonna say the last name because we don't want you guys creeping on her. But we have a we have a good episode for you today. It's our first guest ever, and I'm excited to see what Nala has to say about the prompts that we usually just come off with off the top of our head. So uh, first, I want to do sort of like a wellness check. How are you guys doing today? I'm okay. I'm honored to be your first guest. Um, I'm really excited for this. And I'm just tired. I'm a senior. I'm ready to graduate. And yeah. Preach. Yeah. Preach. I think we're um, all in the same boat, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I just finished up my midterm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, graduating this year. We, did, we made I, it. I want to die. But we're here. I'm alive. But Uh, speak one more time. Speak. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Don't worry. I'll cut all that out. But okay, good to see that you guys are doing well. I know that, you know, like you said, senior year is, it's something, but we're at the end of the road. We have like, a, well, I know I have like a month and a half left or so, but. Yeah, same here. I finish um, end of May. Okay. Lucky. I'm on a quarter system, so I'm finishing like early June. Okay. You're still, I'm on a quarter system too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> lucky. Okay. Thanks, Mr. E. All right. So the first question that I actually want to toss your way, Nala, is um, being black in high school versus being black in college. Is there something? Is there a difference that you see, or like what? What is? What has been your experience between the two? If you don't mind sharing. Getting right into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great question because I feel like I mean we all went to Pali, so we know how it was. Like we know what it's like to feel black going to a like a PWI, a priority white institution. Me coming to UCSC, like it was like really white, like even priority like whiter institutions. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's probably 200 black students on this entire campus of 20,000. So I think it was just significantly different for me because you see a black person and you're like oh wow like i need to be in community with them because there are so few of us mm -hmm. i mean you can even walk through the city of santa cruz in a group of black people like three or four black people and everyone will stare at you going to cvs with your friends you may get followed by security um i feel like you know going to pali you always have this ideal of like yeah i'm like black in a white space but i feel like it got exponentially like more significant when i went to college okay like you became more aware of not necessarily who you are but just like of your blackness in a sense exactly because i mean you go to pali and it's there's not a lot of black people i mean like i mean let's just say there's 200 black students in pali's 2000 so mm -hmm. it's still normal to see a black person it's still right. very normal and kind of liberal compared to um experiences i've heard from other people in their high schools mm -hmm. but you leave pali and you go into la there's plenty of black people you know at the time i lived in south central so there's, you can leave your city, you can go home and still be surrounded by people who look like you. Here, you have to drive like an hour and a half away to Oakland just to go to a hair store or get some good soul food. Yeah, so. to get to the cult more culturally diverse like neighborhoods in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, for people who don't know, when it comes to defining like someone's or your own personal blackness, it has to do more with how how comfortable you feel and 
being who you are in a sense, because we've all heard of code switching. We've talked about it here before on the podcast, how as a black person, we constantly have to like switch up how we speak to other people of other ethnicities, whether they be white, Latino or Latinx, Asian. It just, it switches because we don't want to be the stereotype that has always been around even before we were born. It's like, we just have to identify like, hey, I can talk proper, quote unquote, and I can also talk, you know, I can also be a little bit rough around the edges. Like just, it's just who who you are as a black person. That's sort of a survival tactic, I would say. You have to sort of adopt. And especially going to college, it's like, okay. Yeah, it's more, it's the upper echelon of like society in a sense, even though people still have their own mannerisms and how they act and whatnot. But you should still, I feel like you should really still be able to be yourself in a sense like i shouldn't have to always code switch just you know because i'm in a space that i'm not people like me aren't typically in i completely agree i feel like it's almost a survival tactic that we have to do to again just make it i mean um and i think also it's not only ding in white spaces i think again no matter how you speak like you can be in these white spaces your vernacular may change a little bit but then you come back home and then people may look at you a certain type of way and say that you're you know um not black enough mm -hmm. and i feel like as black people were constantly in a almost identity crisis and wondering like who am i am i this enough does this mean i need to completely shut out my blackness because i'm not accepted anyway right. um and i feel like there's just a lot of things we always need to like go through as far as our identity especially like you know being black within the other identities you may have like being queer on top of that you know um other disadvantages you may have like really just make it such a layered issue and feeling like you may even need to choose a struggle and not be able to like embrace your intersectionality definitely there's no one type of black person or black experience like just ever but Aswani, what about you because i know you, you go to school in the south georgia so is there is there any difference no in, yeah no I'm, I'm deep down in the south over here the nerd south um and it's crazy i will go to school in the south but i'm the token black kid everywhere i go my <clears throat> so since i am in like an advertising major there's like art director and copywriting those are the two sort of professions you can do and copywriting is like you know just making words sound pretty and shit and the copywriting class that i had i literally got like tokenized because I was black. Right. The professor, like the, I had a meeting with the professor just to go over work and shit. And then she mentioned that like, oh, you know, like, uh, like voices like yours need to be heard. And I was like, oh, like my words, like, am I good at what I do? And then like, this is what I was thinking. And then she was like, yeah, you know, I've had, like been teaching here for 10 years and I like you're the second black person to have really good work. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Uh -huh. All right, cool. I'm gonna head out. So then I left. Um, but every single class that I'm in, I like there's a fair amount of like international students, like people that are Asian, um, Japanese, Korean, Indian, um, like Latin, but I'm the only black person. Like pretty much always and forever now that I'm out of here, I'm not, I don't have any black kids in my class. So. It sucks, but honestly, I feel like at least where like my career is gonna take me, it's gonna be like Pally for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. where you're gonna be surrounded by a lot of um, Caucasians, and you're gonna have like a splash of diversity here and there, 
but at least in all the agencies and stuff that like I'm looking into and I'm, and I'm applying to, the the black community is so far and few in between. So, you know, it is what it is, but still kind of sucks. Yeah, I get it. It's I feel like more so in college, like you do not have to be that token black person, but it's I feel more comfortable doing it because I feel like college is more of a melting pot of people who you come into contact with. So once again, shout out to Mr. Klima. You know, he's one of the few uh, teachers who are like, who, who made people un- not uncomfortable, but they made, he made them comfortable with being uncomfortable talking about, you know, black words that are centered around the black community, like the N word, this, that, and the other thing. But in college, I really took that and I was like, you know what? In my gender studies class, my first semester here, I was, man, there was maybe four black people in the class and I was one of them. And it got to a lot of issues where like, okay, hey, no one else is gonna say anything. Um, So not only, I'm gonna speak up not only because I'm a guy, like I'm biologically a male, but I'm also a black male. So I feel like I have a lot to offer to this conversation. And so it's not, it's not so more, so much about like, oh, I'll do it because I have to. It's like, oh no, I want to give people these experiences or these like wisdom. I hate, I don't like saying that word because I'm like still 22, but like this wisdom of what I've come and, you know, interacted, who I've interacted with and things that I've seen done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's definitely just something that needs to definitely, or, you know, it has its, its perks being, being overall black, being black has its perks, but so sadly it has a lot more, not deficits, but cons to it sometimes just in the real world because of things that happen, unfortunately. And there's also a good, um, author that you should check out. His name is Emmanuel Acho. Mm -hmm. And he like wrote a book called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Okay. And he goes into that whole thing that you mentioned about Mr. Kleeman. There's like videos on it. Um, Like I was first introduced because Matthew McConaughey hopped onto there Ah. and started talking to him about like, you know, what is my part in this, in like the Black Lives Matter movement. And just like he was educating himself about what it means to be white and how he could be more inclusive and it was really cool okay and he does a whole bunch of other um like videos with that he's also the host of the bachelor the re- most recent season he's a oh um yeah he, he replaced he replaced chris hansen right yeah wait like okay. to catch a predator chris hansen well maybe it's not his name <laughs> i'm actually not his name but okay the bachelor there's this like i mean a white man who's been the host for so long mm-hmm. But I'm not sure if y'all knew this was like the first season of the ba- of the Bachelor where there was a black male like being the Bachelor, oh. and the girl he ended up picking was actually a white girl who it ended up, you know, comes from the South and had kind of participated in all these racist events and stuff. So um, he was just caught like vehemently defending her on a podcast, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, no one really took that well. So when it came to like the last conversation, they chose him instead to facilitate that conversation. And I think he did a really good job of playing the middle, I guess. Yeah, like that gray area that, okay. Okay, that's interesting to know. It's good to know. I don't really watch reality TV or TV in general, so that's, you know, all new information to me. It's funny you say that, because I never watched The Bachelor either, but me and um, my line sister actually really made it a point to watch this season because <laughs> there's never been a black person and it was just really funny to see how he navigated this role yeah. um and yeah but i wanted to kind of 
touch on something that you mentioned earlier about you know being in the space and i feel like um kind of what having privilege means and how we should be using privilege and as Aswani, you also mentioned this as well about matthew mcconaughey and how he decided to ask like how can i help and i feel like sometimes when we do have privilege um to exist in spaces where others cannot it's that much more important that we do use our voices when we have the capacity to do so um all the people that you that had those experiences that you observed throughout like they couldn't be in that classroom with you so you had the opportunity to um you know to kind of have this woke mindset i don't know if woke's the word we can even use anymore but you know what i mean like Uh, yeah i get it um that mindset of being experienced in these issues and then being in a space that did not have that experience so you used your privilege for good and expose people to a perspective they may not have known before it's so i think that's really important it is it, it like it's I, it's one of the one of the highlights that i would that i feel like has been all throughout my college education just being able to be a voice for the unheard it's just it's very comfortable like knowing that i am at a place where i can do that because i know a lot of people just aren't whether it's circumstantial ba- you know based on their home life or just Sometimes they just made one bad decision and no one wants to listen to them anymore. So. But I actually want to um, do something or talk about something a little bit more personal to you, maybe. But uh, the prompt is, do you find yourself to be outside of the quote unquote norm of a black girl? And if you do, or well, the second part of that question is a two part is, what is that norm to you? And do you or if you like it, why? Or if you don't like it, why? So I think it's really interesting because I think I probably would have answered yes if I was in high school because I mean y'all probably knew me my best friend was a Jewish girl mm-hmm. I really um, was I wouldn't call myself antisocial because I think I you know I like people yeah. but um, I had a friend that I just kind of was that was my you home stuck girl, to, so yeah. I really didn't feel a need to I don't know, like did you just stuck to like that's just that's the exactly like that was my home and like you know so i feel like that and then i was also a weeb like a huge anime uh-huh. nerd so i feel like i was always the one in the car my mom's just like oh yeah don't hand all the ox you know she's about to play some anime opening or something uh-huh. so i feel like especially being younger i would definitely say yes i felt like an outsider and i felt like sometimes um i couldn't find as many people in the black community who had some of those similar interests that i did mm-hmm. i think that um again it kind of goes into this idea of like this perfect black person or this black person that we're all trying to like aspire to be almost but i think that that person doesn't exist and we're always like almost berating each other or like like questioning each other's blackness because um you're you're deviating from this standard that honestly is really unclear in the first place and i feel like coming to college and just seeing how many different black people there were i feel like i'm a you know i'm a black person there's nothing i can do to change that uh, that's my experience this is my culture this is in my genes my blood so i definitely don't feel like i'm like a different black person i think i'm just one of many black people who have different interests yeah like like i said earlier it's, there's no one black experience and it's like i don't always want to you know I, we all three of us i'm just from this short conversation that we've had already we all have an idea of what it means to use our use our standing as black as black people for a better cause. Like, oh, we know how to talk about uh, situations that need to be talked about. 
but we don't always want to do that. We don't always want to, you know, whether you're a guy or, or a woman, you don't always want to pick up a ball and dribble. You don't always want to be a rapper. There's, there are multiple, multiple activities and hobbies that you can get into. And I feel like a lot of it, a lot of the reason why some black people don't get into it is because they grew up just around these like subset of of things that blacks are expected to do so um i forgot who's what song it was it might have been j cole but it's like you're either expected to pick up a ball and dribble or rap or something just though those two mainly are like how specifically black men are expected to get out of the hood or out of the ghetto when it's like no i can be i can be an advertisement major like i was wanting like i love graphic design I can do what Darrell likes. I do a psycho I'm a psychology major. I like picking people's brains. I like getting to know their experiences. And I'm sorry, I don't know your uh, major now. What is it? I'm an MCD bio major, so okay. I like science. Yeah, like I want to be a scientist. I want to, you know, make the next best thing in the science realm. It's a whole. There's a whole bunch of subsections that you can't just fit into one word, and that word being black. You can't do that. Whether and I feel like. No, I don't feel like, I know for a fact that, unfortunately, black women have it a lot harder than black men when it comes to not only social standards, but also just, I would say, how do I say, I would say maybe work, um, it's not experience, just they, they have an all of an overall harder time, and it's, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. I think you're kind of um, pinpointing that kind of issue of intersectionality to where I feel like as a black woman, you sometimes have to battle between, OK, am I going to fight for women's rights or am I going to fight for black rights? And a lot of the time, feminism isn't is very dominated by white women. Yes. So there's not really a space for you to feel represented. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in the black community, um, a lot of the issues that we do discuss are centered around males i guess mm -hmm. which again is completely valid and i think it's interesting to say like um i don't know this may be a bit controversial i definitely feel like women go through a lot of oppression but i feel like specifically the oppression that black males face is um like i guess the gap between our privileges is not as wide as it would be for a white male and a white woman i still feel like um black males are significantly oppressed in ways and to where their lives are in danger mm -hmm. um and also women our lives are in danger yes. being women if it's in the medical field if it's i mean not in the medical field but if it's you know going to a hospital and not being treated like a person being treated as if you don't have pain uh -huh. um there are many ways in which w society just discriminates against us so um yeah i don't know i feel like it's almost it's kind of hard to really pinpoint a struggle because some people some people may not ever experience any of these hardships and some people may experience all of them so um i guess we're kind of like operating on like the average yeah. but i do agree that like i wish sometimes in the black space and when we do advocate for black people it could be more open-minded in general yes. beyond just women also to queer folk and all the other identities that aren't highlighted as well it's kind of like um, our first priority should be helping black people mm -hmm. and everything else doesn't matter. However, there are black people who are trans women and all these things that um, are also affecting the black community, but we act as if it's not important almost. Yeah, I definitely, I get that as well. It's, and um, I'm glad you brought up trans women because trans black women, I, I'm not going to try to give you the statistic, but I do know that they are amongst the most discriminated and prejudiced, like, I guess, subset of black of black people because it's the the textbook 
definition or what we've learned in high school and middle school is like, oh, black men um, were specifically big and strong and that's why they were bred on these slave farms or plantations or whatever. And the fact that a black man could, you know, oh, be, be more feminine or have more feminine qualities, oh, he can't do that. That's what's going on here. You're, you're an F word. You're, you know, this, that, or the other thing. It's like, I'm still a black person. So what, so what's, what's going on here? And I want to um, sort of segue that into into a, another conversation, which is colorism. Actually, if we're taking it from outside of, you know, from the outside world into like strictly the black community, Aswani, as many can tell, you are the lightest out of us three. And so I want to know, like, uh-huh. have people made like comments? Like, let's say someone who doesn't know you. Have you ever heard someone make a comment like, oh, you know, black people do this or whatever, not knowing that you were part or you know even completely black like what micro aggressions have you heard or just you know had thrown at you or just heard tossed around in your space so i've been fortunate enough to like not place myself in like groups of people where that would happen okay. so i don't know exactly uh-huh. what they would say <laughs> if they have said anything but yeah i definitely am very light especially since covid i'm staying in all the time playing games uh-huh. and um i think it's a little bit less like harsh here because there is such a large um amount of like black people here being in the south um and especially since like i've been growing out my hair i feel like there isn't as much like prejudice because for example like when my hair is really short like i kind of look black i kind of look like puerto rican you didn't really know Mm -hmm. But now I think it's like a little bit more obvious. And plus, like, I definitely uh, like in terms of my language when I'm hanging out with my friends, I'll drop the N word every once in a while. So, like, you know, that's an indicator. Uh-huh. Um, but how previous... surprised they look when you drop it. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or <laughs> um, I think it was definitely worse when I was in Pali because there was like, like you knew that the that there's like a black community. But then you also had like the stereotypical black individuals that were like on a sports team. They were like super dark. And then you had me over there just like, hey guys, I like I like Photoshop. It's like tall, dark, and handsome, and then like quirky kid or something this, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been too bad, thankfully. Okay. Nala, what about you? Have you, as a black woman who is, I, I don't even know. I, there's so many different weird terms like brown skin, dark skin, light skin. What do you, what do you, okay, what do you classify yourself as if you use any of those like terms? So I'm really glad that we we are at in the space to bring up colorism because this is something that I'm really passionate about. I um, I personally don't like to consider myself as being light skin as quote unquote team light skin. Like I don't identify with like the light skin struggle. You know, what I mean, like the light skin mentality but, personally. Mm-hmm. But I do understand that, like, um, my skin may be lighter than others, and there are privileges that are associated with that. So I feel like, um, yeah, I want to be able to acknowledge my privilege in a way, but also I, yeah, so I acknowledge my privilege. I just personally don't, like, feel super connected to, like, I, I feel like some people who have lighter skin and maybe don't understand that it is a privilege, a privilege are really, like, happy to be lighter skin they're like yeah. make they make this a huge part of their identity um so 
I just feel like it's really important to address because again, like I feel like that's one of the issues in the black community that we really don't address. Um, I think sometimes people think that addressing it makes, addressing it is divisive. And I feel like I don't really understand the mentality because I do feel like within the community itself, we should also be able to have an open dialogue and resolve our issues and not expect like others to do it for us. It's yeah, it's an internal issue that needs to be handled and it can't really be handled by anyone other than us. Like you said, Um, we can't have it's it happens a lot where um, I use white. I'll use a white woman like a white woman say, oh, you know, this person is getting flack because they're white white oh well let me let me rephrase that being white passing causes a lot of external forces to like figure that or to think that they have a say in the matter and it's like look this this has nothing to do with you so could you please like step aside and can we figure out what's really going on internally because a light-skinned person who i will okay i will admit that I feel as though light-skinned individuals or quote-unquote light-skinned individuals have to try to prove their blackness a lot more than those who are of a darker skin tone and they you know those who don't they acknowledge their privilege like you like you said and like how you do but they also want people to know that hey I also have problems because to you I may be you know just white white passing black man but I'm still gonna have trouble with the police I'm still gonna have problems Maybe not so not so much getting a job, but you, I'm still gonna have problems doing that. Versus people who are on the latter end of the um, spectrum when it comes to skin tone, it's like, oh, you have it better than me. You know, I can't get anything because of the, skin, the tone of my tone of my um, skin. And it's where do we where do we find this bridge to sort of just say, okay, forget all of that. We are all while some of us may have advantages, some of, a lot of us really don't have the same opportunities as you but how can we come together and make sure that we all are equal in terms of what we can achieve or what we can just get out of life i think it's kind of almost an equity against equality we can't tailor the same solution to everybody because everyone has different problems and i do think honestly a problem with white skin people it's so you can <laughs> say i mean hey this is non-judgment uh, is that they try to act like you know like oh i'm like you you're pretending that i'm not oppressed like i am oppressed i've i'm I'm, you know i i experience oppression as well i don't think anyone's doubting that they experience oppression it's just the fact that you i mean i'm not sure if it's even a graded scale but it's if you have darker skin you may experience i don't want to say more oppression but you're going to experience oppression in a different way at a higher would you say at a higher um intensity maybe I mean, it really depends because also I feel like for males, it may be completely different. I think that in general, darker skin is associated with masculinity. So I know sometimes I think males with lighter skin may feel less masculine Mm -hmm. as opposed to being um, woman identified, which is the experience I can say best. I feel like women with lighter skin have significantly more privilege because they are almost a beauty standard in certain spaces. I feel like um, the quote-unquote mixed woman is kind of becoming more the, um, I wouldn't even call it the beauty standard, but more accepted in like society, I guess, but especially within the black community, you see like 
how normalized it is for men to seek women with lighter skin. And honestly, like sometimes you see the way that they talk about women with darker skin as if they are like less than human. I think it's quite disgusting. Man, it's and that's a whole that's a whole other can of worms. And I was actually speaking to one of my roommates about this recently. Like I get I how do I say? I get preference. But when your preference starts to cause the issue of like you talking down on any any other, if you're if we're talking about heterosexual men or a man right now, when your preference starts to cause you to talk down on any other woman of any other race, ethnicity, background, religion, any, that's when it's a problem. I feel, and as long as, but see, where's the, where's the line between pre, uh, preference and fetish, fetishization? yeah sorry that's a big big word yeah. it's because some men are like oh i love you like chocolate thunder come on like this, this that, and the other thing it's like what, what makes you think i want to if i'm close to yeah maybe i want to hear that but i don't want to hear that from some random dude down the street or like i don't want to hear you know my vanilla chocolate drop it's like what 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 are you what are you saying right now even non-black men i think that's so true i think a lot like i think being black is beautiful and i think society is becoming a lot more accepting of women with all skin tones but again sometimes you'll see like the type of women that we accept or deem beautiful um just like i feel like they're very easily sexualized yes and i think it's kind of odd and again it's like i mean black women have been sexualized in slavery you know that's why a lot of light skinned people exist mm -hmm. so that's not really a big accomplishment it's more like how do we treat black women with the respect that they deserve honestly the respect that a white woman gets um beyond just being a object of sex beyond just being sexual yeah just a sexually attractive i feel like there's only in a way i feel like it's kind of a privilege but it's not like equality yeah it's i wouldn't even call it a privilege i feel like you know it's making the best out of a, out of a, out of a bad situation i feel and um exactly. i was and i brought this up i forgot what episode but it's sort of uh, let me not say it's the same thing it aligns with um the conversation that we had about like only fans like there are guys on social media constantly just degrading uh women who do only fans it's like okay but one you're giving them more attention two you or your homeboys are going to go buy it it's it so what's what's the point in degrading these women that you're gonna support anyway just to make yourself feel better to make yourself feel less guilty about you know purchasing content it's, there's nothing wrong with it but they feel a need to like oh women are you know living life on easy mode 100 percent and everything like that and i just i i don't there's a disconnect like there's something in to me in their heads that just is not all the way there when it comes to you know that kind of subject I mean, in general, I feel like sex work is like one of the oldest professions that exists. And I'm not sure if OnlyFans is like considered to be sex work, so excuse my like language in that. It is. Well, but yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Like, so I just feel like a lot of times men, like, before sex work was one of the only ways that a woman could actually be independent. Mm -hmm. Like being a prostitute, I mean, not saying that's the best job ever, but that's the only way a woman could really survive on her own. There weren't jobs, you know, men were like the breadwinners and so, and, um like the past now i feel like women have a lot more equality but we still kind of have that same connotation when it comes to sex work and now even women are kind of bashing too like oh mm -hmm. you know how you can do other things why are you going to choose to do this and i think that it just all comes down to freedom of choice and letting people just um be themselves as long as they're being safe and being um they're not putting themselves in harm's way i guess i feel that if someone wants to do what they want like 
and with their body you know sure yeah, like like it. who's to stop them mm -hmm. and also a lot of people watch porn and like can what is it like benefit off of the work that people do like and not everyone wants to be a porn star just genuinely so why bash women even further for a job that honestly you wouldn't want to do yeah or like you would not feel comfortable doing so yeah, yeah it's deep but it is. it's it's really interesting to me just a quick little side note um you brought up feminism feminism earlier and um going back to my gender studies class there was a excerpt and not, not even they're both an excerpt and um just knowledge that my professor had passed on to us it was like feminism originally was it it did not include black women uh queer women of all races asian women latinx women it was strictly benefit only beneficial for white women um and thankfully that has turned around a lot um in this day and age but i feel like everyone uh, not everyone most women who claim they are feminists are feminists but with some sort of um condition like when it's something that they don't feel comfortable with oh no i can't do that you know oh you're a bi woman you, you know a lesbian woman may say oh you're a bi woman you can't like both men and women like what's what's that's not right or whatever you can't do that yeah. or if it's a woman doing only fans why are you doing only fans like you should appreciate yourself more it's not that i don't appreciate myself I appreciate myself a lot i'm just you know like we said earlier making the best out of a bad situation that bad situation being the placement or the place that women have you know the place that society has deemed them like oh here's where you belong you don't belong to, to make the same amount of money as us or this that and the other thing i agree and i think it kind of goes in even beyond feminism it's like a a question of are we are you fighting for power or are you fighting for equality mm -hmm. if you're only fighting for yourself and to make life easier for you then you're not really fighting for equality you're just fighting for a better experience right. um and you're just honestly in some certain ways just fighting to be the oppressor because the moment you got that power you would oppress people further like you're doing now even with the little power you do have yeah. so yeah i think that's i i just think it's interesting how um people will only fight for what is relevant to them almost it, and not really feel the need to educate themselves further it's a crabs in a bucket mentality for sure unfortunately yeah. but i was do you have anything you want to toss in i know we've been kind of just bouncing back and forth <laughs> sorry about that yeah no because <laughs> like there's just a lot of different ways that we can go like for example if we want to talk about um like sex work and how people view that that like because we touched on it on a previous episode but it goes into the whole idea of like incels and individuals who just like look down upon like others just because like their life is like seemingly like uh, worth less just because like they don't have the same like mentality as others um but then also there's this uh individual uh, named angela white and she is uh she's a porn star and she was on a podcast episode of tangentially speaking that i listened to i think when i was in high school um but she explained like how she got into the business like how fulfilling it is to her mm -hmm. and it just has opened up so many opportunities for her and it was really great because like it helped like humanize like pixels that like we just are used to seeing on the screen you know yeah. um and it was just really nice to see and then to go back to colorism a little bit um shout out miss christopher for showing us hotel rwanda yes. um that was the first movie where i was able to fully like understand colorism um, i was with don Cheadle, 
and it's just it's such an odd like conversation to even have like we're all black like light skin or dark skin the the day, yeah yeah you still have the same origins mm-hmm. you know um but like there still is a lot of just like issues that sort of happen um because like i like i guess based off of like what society has told me of like what it means to be a black person i've never really like felt black you know um and i've also never like fully felt puerto rican mm-hmm. so when there ha- when there's like this talk about oppression of like black individuals like um when uh like george floyd started or not started but like you know really picked up black lives matter obviously i felt a part of it but also i just felt isolated like really badly so there's just there's so many different layers (laughs) to it i don't know to go that's uh, that's a fair point and you know you being half black and half puerto rican it definitely is you know where do you where do i like fit into all of this because both issues like that those communities face are very much important to you i can imagine but it's like what if you know one side may accept you more than the other or neither side will fully accept you because of you know you're a quote-unquote mutt for you know lack of a better term that's what they i know not many yeah. people refer to you know mixed race people to today like that but at one point they did so i can only you know think of how how bad it's been just for your mental to be like oh like who do I, what do I who do I side with or you know just where do I go from here so do you identify more as mixed race or black I would identify more as black but only because I've had much more experience with for example like basically I basically grew up at Durrell's house and like all of my Puerto Rican family, like they're in Puerto Rico, you know? So I, I'm not able to have those sort of experiences um, that are traditional. Like I definitely do have fond memories of like my Puerto Rican family, my time home, but I feel like I'm most, like I identify mostly as uh, like black. It's interesting because um, a close friend of mine also, um, I wouldn't say she's against, I don't want to say this, but she feels like um, maybe because of the past and because of the one drop rule, people who do have are from mixed origins are usually identified as black, especially just the way that our black genes work. You know, it's really uh, very obvious once you are mixed with someone who is black. But also wondering if we should kind of be more open-minded about calling people mixed race so that we can kind of um, make sure that we're expressing all of their identities and i just wanted um i just kind of wondered how you feel how you felt about that especially considering that that is an identity of yours yeah i would say that like i definitely like um identify as both i would just say that like because like especially since like i love cooking and food whenever like i cook for someone like the first time i'll always cook puerto rican rice and beans and everyone loves it because it's awesome shout out moms um but i almost identify um or like primarily identify as black because i want to make sure that like my voice is heard and that if there's social situations that would cause for like just in like uncomfortable conversations for them like i like want to like help lead the conversation in the right direction 
Whereas, like, if I just identified as mix, I it would just like be a little bit harder to pinpoint who I am. If that makes sense. Okay. Like, I see that. I can see that. But. Uh, all right. So we're coming up on the ten minute mark. I know you have to head out, but uh, do you have anything that you, you know any? weird topics you want to talk about it doesn't have to be serious it can be something wacky ask us about what we've been up to i'll gladly fill you in because it's been a while since i've last seen you i know yeah. put me in the spot i'm gonna i don't know if we can do all that on a podcast no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, life life did life things life did life things it's okay no it's yeah. dang okay um and put me on the spot that's why i asked you because i'm like i'm so uh, confused okay how about how about this how about this what what would you say was your wildest college experience thus far? I know you still have some a month and some change to go, but wildest college experience that's legal that you can share. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Like, I really feel like I Santa Cruz is not the party school. Right, like, really. It's, not. it's it's in the middle of the forest, so it's like, I mean, if you're really about it, you're about to go to a forest party. I'm black. I'm not gonna go in the middle of the forest at 12 o'clock at night and walk home drunk. That just does not sound even appealing to me at all. So, I don't know. I think... uh, I I, I can't... Oh, well. About things I can actually talk about. Or if... I would definitely recommend just joining an organization. I mean, it's kind of, you know, y'all on your way out. But maybe later in life, just joining an organization like... uh, eternity um especially a historically black one because i think that beyond just the memories you will have you will also have community for the rest of your life and that's all i can really say okay. um about yeah but again i'm really not i'm i'm not that crazy i'm, I'm more of a chill laid back type mm-hmm. this podcast well, as far as i'm going to share <laughs> we'll talk about all the extras off camera but oh well I, let's talk about uh, well what you can't talk about um your sorority like you know who are they what are your letters and you know what can how what has your experience been if you can share so i'm current oh thank you thank you so i'm currently the president of the zeta phi beta sorority incorporated gamma phi chapter okay i'm not sure if y'all are aware but there are historically black greek lettered organizations known as the known as the national panhellenic council um more colloquially known as the divine nine i am in one of those organizations i feel like aswani in a way may have experienced seeing them just being in the south i'm not sure though um but also Darrell, you may have some of those orgs on campus Mm. there are plenty of fraternities you know alpha phi alpha um martin luther king was a part of that organization I feel like before kind of growing up where I grew up, I really wasn't exposed as much to um, the organizations, especially being on the West Coast where it really isn't as prominent. But I think that um, it's really funny once you do kind of get immersed into this world, you see how many people are a part of these organizations. You know, Kamala Harris being a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. And you just see how... um, In many ways, Black people do have these resources in having and being able to network and build community um at the collegiate level okay it's definitely you know congrats to you for becoming the president i i did not know that but very much so congratulations (laughs) that's a feat in itself um but i would i would say that (sighs) from just everything unfortunately i had a very bad um first experience with fraternities like i you know that they're money schemes or whatever you don't really get anything out of them it's it was Mm -hmm. It was so like 
50 50 i was you know i'll just stay away from it but if i had all the information i most definitely would have considered it more i'm not saying i would have joined outright yeah. but i do you know i do wish i had which some which uh, did you consider joining um oh, sorry which there was i had a family friend i can't hmm it was some it was on CSUN for sure. They have the, they have them here at CSUN, but I can't remember the name for the life of me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna regret it because I'm gonna remember as soon as this this is over. Um, CSUN has great dorms. I just want to say that y'all your housing situation is like amazing. I've I've never been up there. I'm in an apartment like right across the street from campus, but you know. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't remember for the life of me, unfortunately. But I really do wish I had more information about them, not just oh, they take X amount of money from you at the beginning. I was like, whoa, I'm already broke. I, I don't. I... Wait. Yeah. Were they like black or were they just like reg like a non-black? I. Th they may have been non-black based off the reaction you're giving me. I think they were non-black. <laughs> like I said, I don't I don't know much yeah. about them. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have been interested to to join, um, but art school baby we don't have any there's no greek life here at all <laughs> oh I, really is that at every art school or just i think it's just this one specifically and i don't know the exact reasoning behind it but i could imagine it's because there's a whole lot of like art kids that are super introverted that like pledging and like all yeah. that like hazing and stuff wouldn't wouldn't go over too well yeah. um yeah sounds cool <laughs> yeah um there's always you know you can always look at the grad chapter level but um yeah it's um at our campus i mean there's only two like there's only us and the ladies of delta sigma theta so there's only two sororities we don't even have any frats currently so it's really unfortunate like i think in general being at a pwi like they're you know it's really hard to like retain these organizations so i understand that yeah it's uh, college life has been kind of weird for me you know i got rescinded from the school i wanted to go to coming out of high school i was like oh okay so why uh it was how does it even... it was a grade that i had gotten like math the first semester of senior year it was terrible but you know no yeah, really yeah but it ended up who's your teacher it was i'll tell you i'll tell you after i'll tell you after okay. <laughs> um but you know i ended up going to community college for two years got had to pay no money really um and then transferred to csun it was i got accepted there and to dominguez hills i was like you know what csun i have friends who go here who i can do um get an apartment with it'll all be hunky dory and fine and then you know i'm here unfortunately i didn't really have much of a college life because you know community college everyone wants to get their work done and go straight home um but i have made a friend or two here at csun and, you know i'm i'm okay with that i've never been one for many many friends so you know i'm fine with the few that i have and then Corona probably hit too, so it kind of probably really took away even more. Yeah, so. unfortunately, but you know, a year later we're here, we're still kicking, so it's it hasn't been that bad. It hasn't been that bad. We're about to graduate, and still we're still like like going to be black educated. Uh, what is it? Black educated folks with degrees in just a matter of months. Yes, and that's crazy. And already. It's it's I'm, oh, okay three minutes and then we'll do the whole little outro. It's crazy how long it's been since high. It's been four years. That is a long time. Like <laughs> long as Julie will send me snaps sometimes like oh yeah three years ago. I'm like for real. Like, like man, I think of time in terms of like albums and have you guys listened to Anderson Pack? Yeah. Um, yes. No. Maybe. I'm 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 bad at music. It's I'm, uh, it's. I, I'll be like. 
yeah. Well, one of his um favorite, one of my favorite albums from Malibu, it came out in twenty, I think early twenty sixteen. I'm like, that is, that is, that is so long ago. That was what twenty five years ago now, basically. I'm like, damn, oh, I just yeah. basically yeah, twenty twenty one, summer sixteen. Yeah, I, that was a summer. Yeah, I remember that for sure. Yeah, twenty sixteen was probably my favorite year of existing on this planet <laughs> so far. Summer, <laughs> summer, specifically summer to like yeah, yeah it, it was definitely good. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, Nala, let the people know if you have anything that you want to shout out, like a business, a friend's business, anything. Okay, well, I don't have any businesses at the time, but I would love to shout out my homegirl, Peterson Productivity, who has a whole lifestyle page and who really just be keeping my life together with all of, all of her productivity and um, life togetherness. Yeah. So definitely follow her if you really want some tips on uh being that b word essentially okay. send me the and link and i'll, you, and I'll link it too. exactly yeah. i got you i got you and um yeah if y'all are graduating this year congratulations you know if you're just trying to get through this corona year you got this and congratulations once we do get through this eventually um and yeah get vaccinated yeah, yeah i'm getting back tomorrow and i'm getting mine <laughs> i need it expeditiously Yes, sir. Don't get the Johnson and Johnson. I'm sorry. That That's a baby oil in that. your arm. I'm I'm good on that. I'm good on that. But Nala, thank you for joining us. Aswani, of course, you know what it is. Your family. I appreciate it. I love you. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. You learned something new. You know, see a, a fresh new face and get a fresh new take on things. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.